Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. This week, I am joined by Dr. Richard Coffey, Department Head for the Department of Animal Science and Food Sciences at Oklahoma State University. Dr. Coffey was kind enough to allow me to bust into his office here and uh, take a little interview. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dr. Coffey. Good to be here. You have been very busy. We've had this on the schedule for a while. You've been traveling. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like I hit the ground running here. I've been mm-hmm. spending a lot of time out of the office because this is such a, a, a large department, have tons of alumni. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been trying to be out and, and engage with a lot of alumni and stakeholders mm-hmm. because they're so important to everything that we do. Right. So, so a, a lot of time has been spent out of the office, but I've, I have been trying to spend enough time here to actually do my job. I think we uh, I think we are assured that you're probably getting <laughs> your job done. You've been to the Cattlemen's Convention, right? I did. I actually just got back from NCBA. Okay. Uh, I was down in New Orleans for that and yeah. just was able to engage a bunch of our alumni there that are scattered all across the U.S. and lots right. of different roles. And uh, right ahead of that, I actually spent a few days in Japan with one of our faculty members okay. doing some collaborative work there. So, so yeah, the last three weeks in in particular has been kind of a whirlwind that's cool are you a fan of japanese food because that sounds you know delightful. it's it's interesting i I've, I've done a bit of international traveling and everywhere i go i try and make myself just participate in the cuisine that they have right and, and i've really not done a whole lot of japanese before but yeah i did while i was there and for the most part uh yeah i enjoyed it yeah I, that's one thing i've not really eaten much of i recently had an experience with that so i yep. was just interested to see yeah, what some, some international travel you you don't ask what it is you just eat it right <laughs> better not to know right <laughs> that's very good all right dark to coffee you're very, relatively new to this position as many people know taking your role back in july of 2022 but this isn't your first time at osu right Tell us a little bit about your roots in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm actually a native of Oklahoma. I grew up in a little town called Jones, which is about an hour south of here. I uh, was very active in 4-H and FFA growing up. So when it came time to go to college, you know, Stillwater was a place I wanted to come. So I actually came and did a, a bachelor's degree here. Uh, was actually a double major, animal science ag ed for a long time and okay. really... Other than the student teaching, I didn't finish up the ag ed part. I finally dropped it and just became, you know, just a, uh, an animal science major. Right. And really what led to that was, uh, at the time, Jim Duggar was the assistant herdsman at the swine barn. I was a student worker at the swine barn. And uh, Kim Brock, who was the herd manager, he said, hey, would you be interested in being the swine swine unit assistant manager? I said, sure. He said, well, we'll get finished and you can do that. So mm-hmm. so that's when I dropped the ag ed and just majored in animal science and then became the assistant herdsman at the swine barn. And so while I was there, Dr. Charles Maxwell, he was a swine nutritionist here in the department. And he said, hey, you're here. Why don't you work on a master's degree? So ended up working on a master's degree while I was a full-time employee here. So, so I was here in Stillwater from 1983 to 1990 doing a bachelor's and a master's degree and then ended up going to the University of Kentucky for a PhD. So, so I spent 32 years out there. And okay. so I had kind of a hiatus from from Stillwater and right but it's been really good to be back good good it's funny how often people kind of you know start working at the units and then they're like why don't you do a master's since you're doing this anyway that's it's interesting how many people come to into their profession that way yeah. I know Dr. Lawman I talked to him about that and he said I never intended to be you know a, a doctor of beef nutrition and uh yep. just kind of came along that it way. is it's interesting i the career i ended up getting into after i finished my phd i didn't even know there was such a thing and so 
yeah, uh, it's interesting how life and experiences expose you to different things. And then you end up doing a career in something you didn't even know existed when you came to college. So. Yeah, like people who influence you and that sort of thing. Yep. It's very interesting. So you, like you said, you were at the University of K Kentucky. So you were there for a while. I was. And you was. were. Uh, so what? tell us a little bit about that 32 year. I mean, you know, a little bit of a, sure. a kind of a brief summary of that. Yeah, kind of like when I was here working on my, my master's degree, I was a full-time employee while I worked on my PhD at the University of Kentucky. I was a research lab analyst, so did a lot of work for my major professor outside of my own PhD research. And so it took me a little longer to do my, my PhD than what a, a normal student that would be a full-time student. Uh, but when I was finishing up, they had a, an extension swine specialist position that had been open for a while, and they opened it up, and I applied and was able to, to do that. So I spent about 20 years uh, as a, an extension swine specialist in Kentucky and, and at, just loved it. Uh, loved being able to be out on lots of farms, interacting with lots of producers, and uh, kind of helping them with different things that, that come up in, in their day-to-day life and, and operating swine operations. So really enjoyed that a ton. Uh, the other thing that I really got to do a lot of uh, was some youth work. Uh, oh. We had a gentleman in the department that, that really kind of oversaw a lot of the youth livestock programs for the department at a kind of a state level. And uh, unfortunately, he, he passed away unexpectedly. And my department head said, hey, would you be willing to take this over for a while? And he said it would probably be a temporary thing until we can do something different. Well, of the course. temporary thing ended up <laughs> lasting about 15 years, yeah. which was which was good because I really enjoyed that uh -huh. as well. So did a lot of things related to livestock judging, livestock shows, livestock skillathons, just working with young people. So a lot of fun doing that as well. So had a wonderful extension career uh, there. Uh, the other thing that kind of helped me kind of move into the administrative role a little bit. Uh, I started out on campus in Lexington, uh, there at the University of Kentucky, and uh, most of the swine production is actually in the western half of the state, uh, okay. there in Kentucky. So I uh, had the opportunity to, to move to an, an off-campus experiment station that the university had in West Kentucky and spent about 17 years of my career in Kentucky there. Uh, most of us is a swine specialist, but the last two years, I was the director of that station. And that's kind of where I got my feet wet uh, on the administrative mm -hmm. side of things. Okay. I, I never thought I would have ad administrative interest because uh, I enjoyed the extension side so much, but I really found that as an administrator, uh, it's almost like I was still doing extension work, just my faculty and staff yeah. were, were now my clientele. Uh, if I would not have had that experience, which was, in theory, a 50% administrative appointment, uh, I probably never would have contemplated becoming a department head. Uh, but after I did that for a couple of years, the department head there at the University of Kentucky and the Animal and Food Sciences Department decided he was going to retire. I was encouraged to at least take a look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, I did and was fortunate to be selected to do that. So I was a department head there in Kentucky for about seven years before I made the move back here. So it's it's been a, an interesting journey. Yeah. And, and sometimes I kind of feel like I got into things by accident, but but it has really <laughs> been lots and lots of fun. Well, there's always a plan, I think. I think yep. uh, as that goes. And I, and I agree with you as far as extension goes. I just, I don't think I would be, I mean, I love the industry that I work in, but if it wasn't for all the varied things that I've been able to do, um, it's a blessing and a curse, but sure. I really do like the variability and the ability to get out and see producers and that sort of thing. I just love that part of extension. Yeah. And that's what I've, I've liked about extension too. It's, it's a different problem every day. Uh, and so lots of different challenges. And I've found the same thing to be kind of true as an administrator. 
I mean, there's certain things that, you know, you know, are going to be the same. But, right. But every day seems to be a little bit unique in certain ways. And so it's kind of a constant challenge to, to keep up with things. So, so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. That's great. So it's not just um, every day putting out fires. Is that what it is? Oh, sometimes. But, <laughs> but no, it, that's it, what I it, always wonder if it's that's not. what administration would be like. So. Yeah, I tell everybody as a department head, my job is really just to keep the rocks out of the way of okay. the faculty and staff that are really doing lots of really neat and productive things things. And so if I can help help do that in ways that allows them to stay a little more focused on what they're doing, then, then I've had a successful day. Well, good. Well, good. Well, so you mentioned the extension, being an extension specialist. Um, I think as as an area specialist, I kind of know how that has gone. But when when I was growing up, I we had we lived on a hog farm. Part of our um, farming operation was hogs. And and interesting, interestingly enough, um, when I started my position, my predecessor, two two people before me, was into was basically a swine person. And yeah. so just file cabinets pull, full of designing hog barns and stuff because he would have been he finished his job up in the 80s and so he's still alive vernon stevens is his name but i'm interested to you know how did the industry change as you were in that role was it it had to have been a huge change oh it really was i mean if if i look back when i first got into to swine extension back in 1994 you know still lots and lots of what we would call small family mm-hmm. farms uh, with very varied uh, kinds of facilities, everything from still a lot of outdoor production to some mm-hmm. semi-confinement facilities to some that were starting to transi- transition to, to really almost exclusively indoor confinement things. So so there was a wide range then. Uh, and if I look to when I you know transitioned out of Swan Extension, the industry had just changed dramatically. There were still some some family farms, mm-hmm. but lots more vertical integration, right. uh, lots more company-owned hogs, and even some of the independent producers that were still involved in pork production had gotten very large. Uh, when I first started, if you had 200 sows, you were a large operation. Well, that seems uh, big to me. <laughs> yeah, when, I, when I left, uh, just in terms of economies of scale, if you weren't 2,500 to 3,000 sows, you you probably weren't the size you needed to be just to oh be a good goodness. economic unit. So, so just dramatically changed from from really independent family-owned farms to to much more vertical integration with large units with contract nurseries and mm-hmm. finishers, very technologically advanced facilities in terms of the ventilation controls and feeding systems. Uh, so just a, a dramatically different industry than what mm-hmm. it used to be from the production side. The one thing that still has been constant, uh, both in what I experienced in Kentucky and even true here in Oklahoma, uh, the youth livestock side still is a big part of the, the pork thing as well. So there's still lots of smaller, and, and in those cases, it may be 50 sows or less that are really designed more for just generating show pigs right. uh, for the youth livestock project. So that's yeah. been a constant across, but in terms of just the production side, that has changed just a, a whole lot. Yeah. When I was growing up, we had just a semi-confinement kind of a, a south facing open, you know, buildings with the curtain and everything. Yep. And, yep. and since then my family has transitioned out of that, but that was a big, you know, it was contract hogs, but that was a big part of our family's income for a while. And, um, I guess you never, you knew if you did something wrong in the Christians household, 
you might be washing hog shed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, I was just curious. It, it'd be interesting in that time to have been a swine extension specialist. Yeah, and the other really it. big thing that, that changed was the whole regulatory side. Right. Uh, and part of that probably needed to happen just from a, an environmental sustainability standpoint. So, so that's something else that really changed a lot over the course of time when I was working at Swine Extension. And that's, that's going to just continue, yeah. I think, in the future. Yeah. So uh, given your experience at other animal science institutions, how is animal science department here at OSU unique or how does it stand out compared to what you've experienced? Sure, sure. I, I, I tell everybody this really is kind of a unique place. And and University of Kentucky was the land grant institution there mm -hmm. in Kentucky, just like Oklahoma State uh, is here. Uh, but there are, are differences in, in the department and, and some of the things that come to mind that, that really are different. Uh, if you go back years ago, almost all animal science departments had purebred livestock that were a part of their animal units. Uh, and it was pretty common for them to take animals to different shows and exhibit. Uh, that's really not normal now. And, and Oklahoma State still has that. And they're one of the few that does. Uh, and that's really a great recruiting tool for this department. Uh, both at our purebred beef unit, we have uh, purebred swine and some, some even show pig swine. Same thing at our sheep and goat unit, uh, our dairy unit. And as they go out to some of the shows and things, I mean, students see that. And that is a huge draw to students here. There's, there's a reason why we have 1,100 undergrad students in animal science. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of it is because of the purebred focus that we have, the production focus that we still have, that really draws a lot of good livestock kids from across the United States to this department. Uh, I can remember multiple good livestock kids that we had in Kentucky that I really wanted to keep in the Department of Animal and Food Sciences there, mm -hmm. but I would lose them to Oklahoma State. Oh. <laughs> and the reason was is because of that livestock focus. And the other thing that, that really is a little bit unique here, even though some other departments do it as well, is the history and tradition of competitive judging teams that right. this department has both on the livestock side, the meat side, uh, the dairy side, uh, and even academic quadrathlon. Uh, there's lots of students that, that really enjoy that. And so having the success and the history that this department has uh, is, is another just great recruiting tool for a lot of the really good livestock kids that are out there. So, so those are a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, something else that really is, is super important from an instruction standpoint is the access that we have to our animal units. They are so close to campus. Uh, in five minutes, I can be on any of them. Uh, that is not true at a lot of land-grant institutions. It was not true at Kentucky. Uh, on a good day, our closest units were 30 minutes away. And so it's much more difficult to utilize them for hands-on training uh, as much as you would like. Uh, that's not the problem here. So, so there are just multiple things that, that I think are just kind of unique about this mm -hmm. place. Uh, the other thing that I, I, I tell other department heads from around the country, uh, this is still a place where agriculture is truly valued uh, it, at, at all levels of, of university administration, starting with President Shrum uh, all the way down to the division level. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so that's been really neat to come back to a place where you know what you're doing is truly valued and appreciated and supported. So just a really, really unique department uh, 
can't tell you how honored I am just to be able to sit in the chair. Here. Yeah, we're, and we're so happy to have you here, Dr. Coffee. Uh, there's a lot of talk, and you've mentioned a little bit about this. Uh, there's a lot of talk around OSU about the future and making OSU a leading land-grant institution. So I'm curious what the OSU Animal Science Department maybe has on the books for the future. Um, if you can talk a little bit about maybe some potential plans on what kind of how that goes. I know animal science has been really big in Dr. Shrum's goals. And so sure. tell us a little bit about, maybe you don't exactly know what it is yet, but. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the things that, that obviously are really kind of position us to be a big part of, uh, you know, helping make Oklahoma State the premier land-grant institution, even though I think in some ways we're, we may already kind of be there. I kind of feel like uh, that, too. But <laughs> Particularly this de department. Uh, you know, we're a department of animal and food sciences. So right. everything we do really kind of revolves around feeding the world. And that is just such a critical piece of, of our society. Uh, if we look out to, to 2050, I mean, everybody says, you know, we're going to pretty much have, have reached a, a population of about 10 billion people. And so it, it almost means we're having to figure out ways to double food production with with less inputs. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not growing any more land. There are some limitations we have on how many livestock we can have at, in our different production units. So how, figuring out how we do that in more efficient ways with sometimes less resources is a challenge. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a place where, where this department can really fit in uh, by also having food science as a part of this department uh, really adds a whole nother dimension where we can really look at research, extension, and education programs that, that take it all the way from the farm to the consumer. And so I think we are just super positioned uh, to be able to help uh, with that vision that the president has on on being a premier land-grant institution. And, and doing that, I mean, a, a land-grant institution sits on three legs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the undergraduate instruction and graduate student teaching side, the extension side, and the research side. And, and to be a premier institution in those regards, all three of those need to be super strong and, and super efficient. Uh, I think a reality, uh, and it's not been unique to Oklahoma State, I think other land grants experienced it as well, uh, as, as economic hardships at different state levels hit, funding became an issue. Mm -hmm. And so this department probably doesn't have enough people to really uh, make sure that we've shored up all three parts of our mission. Uh, and so we are getting to add some some new faculty lines. It's going to be tremendously helpful that will really will let us not only excel on the instruction side, which I think we've done a great job of that here and have to refocus uh, maybe somebody's research or extension effort more to teaching because of the, the growth we've had in, in our student population. Right. But adding some new faculty lines will also let us get back to some of the important research and outreach things that will hopefully uh, get us more equal in terms of what all three of those legs are. So so I think we're, we're very well positioned to be a big part of President Sherman's vision. And, and really, I think it does revolve around the connection we have all the way from the farm to, to touching the plate of consumers. Right. And, and animal science here is the largest, correct me if I'm wrong, the largest 
department of students in the ag college so you have most enrollment that's a weird way to say that but most enrollment yeah and so that's i mean that's crazy how many students do you say a little over 1100 oh my goodness yeah i think that makes my uh, alma mater of nebraska look pretty teeny tiny i mean maybe not but but there definitely wasn't that big yeah and so so we think about it i mean we we currently have 28 faculty right uh, with that many students Uh, just for comparative purposes at the university of kentucky we had about 700 undergrad students but about 35 faculty okay and even there i felt like we were probably understaffed a little bit wow so so really understaffed here but but again i give full credit to to dean coon and and president shrum Uh, i think they've recognized that and and they are allowing us to fill some some new lines so really an exciting time to really look into the future on where are we going as a department what are some of the really critically important gaps that we have Mm -hmm. in terms of instruction or research or extension and fill those with some new folks so lots of lots of fun exciting things a good time to maybe refocus like you said yeah that's good it's always important so you know i put you on the spot for that question uh dr coffee i can imagine that being a department head is really very busy i can't imagine doing that but uh I want, I'm curious as what you do in your free time, if you have any. Do you do anything fun? I mean, do you have? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And that is something that I talk about with, with faculty a lot. And, I, and I'm trying to get better at it myself mm-hmm. about kind of this work-life balance thing. But, but there, there's usually not enough hours in the day to do right. everything you want to do. But there, mm-hmm. it, it is pretty important to at least have something that you can do outside of work that you enjoy. Uh, I, I like to play golf. So oh, okay. I don't get to play it as much as I would enjoy. But, yeah. But that's a, a, a kind of a good diversion for me. Uh, my wife and I also like to travel around and, and to some of the historical things. Oh, and so that's yeah. something we kind of enjoy doing. And and it's almost like even though I grew up in Oklahoma, you, you kind of take for granted a lot of the history that's here that yeah. you don't really pursue. And now that we're back and probably a little older and appreciate some of that a little bit more. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to do, to do that. So, so we enjoy those kinds of things. Um, Again, I wish I had a little more time to do some of those. Right, but but, but there there are times that you need to to have some downtime. So so well, I do try and do that some. There's been some excellent golf days in the last couple months. So I hope you've been able to get out on the golf course. Well, I, I have to confess, since I've been back, and of course, I'm, there's so much I'm trying to learn. I, right. I've probably not done that as much as I need to. But yeah, I'll try and correct that yeah. as, as temperatures <laughs> warm up a little bit. I do enjoy golf, although I don't get to go <laughs> hardly at all. Maybe once a year, but maybe as my kids get a little older, I'll be able to do that. It's it's kind of like i'm glad my husband isn't too critical of my skills because <laughs> <There you laughs> i chase too many balls for it to be too efficient uh dr coffee i really appreciate you joining me on the podcast i i know that everybody is going to enjoy this segment and and just just to learn a little bit more about you especially the extension educators maybe out in the field who haven't been able to meet you and so i appreciate you taking your time yep i've enjoyed it thank you so much i hope you've uh, enjoyed this segment and thank you for joining us and have a wonderful week <laughs>